Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, episode lucky 13. Uh, we're back in long sleeves today. It's our rainy Monday afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like we keep switching each week between nice weather, bad Pretty weather, much. nice weather, bad weather. I'm sure that's going to be the same case this week. Uh, welcome back again. I'm Steve Dudarian, and alongside my co- um, co-host, uh, Matt Goisman. Matt, we finally have some brackets. It's just about that yep. tournament time. We finally get a look at uh, where some of these teams are going. Uh, Friday, we had the boys and girls lacrosse brackets come out, as well as the boys and girls tennis brackets come out. We'll be awaiting on baseball softball, which comes out Tuesday, yep. tomorrow, if you're watching this live. And uh, just really excited to see uh, where these teams are facing uh, the road that they're going to have to take uh, to make a championship run. Absolutely. You know, the Cape has lots of teams that will make the playoffs in, or have made it in all of the spring sports. So we definitely have, will have plenty of postseason action over the next, certainly next week. And then we'll see who survives that. And, you know, I think we've got a few teams that we definitely think have the chance to go pretty far in this and maybe compete for a South title or maybe even get to the state tournament. We'll get to all of that uh, in a bit. All the playoff games that were scheduled for today featuring local teams have already been postponed. The weather is lousy. So NOS Girls Across was going to play. That's been postponed today. Sandwich Girls Lax has been postponed. Barnstable and both of Barnstable's tennis matches for today have all been postponed. Mm-hmm. So if anything gets played today, it's like a couple of regular season games and may, at best. I mean, today was a washout. Right. Now, we did have one postseason game yesterday. The we did. St. John Paul uh, girls across team did play Norwell, the number one seed. Unfortunately, St. John Paul only managed one goal in their loss. But still a good run for, for St. John Paul. You know, this is a team that lost Casey Sullivan. Yep. Really solid freshman standout at Mass Maritime. Scored 50 goals this mm-hmm. past year. And still was able to make it back to the postseason. So uh, kudos to them for, for, you know, making a run. Unfortunately, Norwell, as much as Cohasset, seemed to be the two powerhouses yeah. when you talk about girls lacrosse. For a little context, Norwell has been to the South Finals each of the last five years. Up until last year when they lost in the South Finals, the previous four, they had won all of them, mm-hmm. and they had won three state titles. So Norwell is just a D2 girls lacrosse powerhouse. St. John Paul, you never go into a game thinking you're going to lose, but I think they knew they had a very, very tough battle ahead of them, you know, and Norwell is the number one seed for a very right. good reason. But, you know, those teams, I mean, they'd much rather have the experience of actually being in a postseason game than just sitting at home and watching the action. So, you know, you take it for what it's worth, experience. A lot of those younger players got that experience. And, you know, that's, you get a firsthand look at what it takes to be a, mm-hmm. a solid program for years to come. But, excuse me, really interesting girls across. So, I mean, usually I'm not a jinx MIA. They usually have things set in stone. But for girls across, the top team from the Cape actually didn't have everything set in stone. Friday night, we thought the Falmouth girls across team, which only lost once during the regular season, was the fifth seed in the Division One South Tournament. Turns out they actually got bumped up a seed, which sounds like good news, right? Well, <laughs> the team they got matched up with is number 13, Marshall, which, of course, is the only team that beat Falmouth this year. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so Falmouth gets to play number 13, Marshfield, on uh, 4 p.m. Wednesday. They handed Falmouth their only loss in the regular season. That was a 14-13 to 13 to overtime decision in Marshfield. Mm-hmm. Falmouth did win the uh, initial matchup back in April. That was a 13-9 to nine final. I still think Falmouth has the firepower to come out and beat Marshfield again. I, you know, I, and I think, too, I was thinking about this today. They don't have the monkey on the back of that one loss thing anymore. I think when you're in the playoffs, everyone starts at zero again, yeah. right? And I think more times than not in these first-round games, the best team wins out. 
I mean, and when you look at that firepower, I mean, yeah. you got Falmouth's uh, leading scorer, Quinn O'Rourke. She finished the regular season 78 goals, 28 assists. Mm-hmm. But you also have Kylie Azotto, 59 goals, 21 assists. Rachel Curtis, 55 goals, 13 assists. And Hannah Ginsburg, 42 goals, 16 assists. I mean, they, across the board, they have players who can step up. Again, we've had this conversation before. One player goes down, and the next one can step up yep. just like that. You know, Marshall has a couple of main weapons. You know, Molly Shaw, 60 goals this year, 15 assists, and then Sam Hay, 40 goals, 12 assists. But what I'll tell you about Falmouth is not only is goalie Taylor Hedfield been outstanding, but Gwen Boring on that defense mm-hmm. has really been strong this year, and I expect she'll be able to match up with either one of those players and, and shut them down. So even though Falmouth got moved around a little bit, I still think they have a good road to at least get to the semifinals. Mm-hmm. The the challenge is going to be that Notre Dame number one is on their side of the bracket. Notre Dame from out of Hingham is nineteen and one, and obviously a very solid program. So, you know, Falcons can only do what they can control so far, mm-hmm. and but that'll definitely be a good first round test because again, you beat them by four at home, but then you lost one by one in overtime. This is a rubber match. We'll see what happens. I'd like to think that loss would be additional motivation. Right. You know, if they had swept in the regular season, then it always raises some questions because right. it is hard. Every coach will say this cliche that it's hard to beat the same team three times in a season. That's not the case here. Here the motivation is they ruined our perfect season. Mm-hmm. Let's knock them out of the playoffs. But, yeah, you may be, there's always pluses and minuses to playing a team that you've seen two times before because they know what you're going to do and mm-hmm. you know what they're going to do. Right. The other, the other two games in Division One South, you have um, number 16, Nosset hosting Whitman Hanson. That game, I believe, is still set for 4 p.m., on Tuesday, yeah, and then got moved today, and then Plymouth South versus Barnstable also 4 p.m. Or excuse me, Barnstable number 18 at Plymouth South mm-hmm. moved to 4 p.m. Tuesday as well. Barnstable, even though they were below 500, they won the old Colony League that got themselves yep. into the into the postseason. The so. other, there's like four ways to make the playoffs in the MIA, right. and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we'll flip over to Division Two, which has I believe seven. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we have five Cape teams, and then both islands who mm-hmm. are who are in the in the tournament. Um, Falmouth Academy leads the way the number three seed. It was interesting talking to Sarah Knowles, you know, Falmouth Academy, they've gone into the tournament undefeated the last couple of years. And this year, their only two losses were to Old Old Rochester. Rochester, A very solid, I believe they're the, they're number 12. No, no, sorry. I'm looking at the boys lacrosse bracket. They're very high seed. They're number six seed with Mm -hmm. one loss in division one. And, you know, Knowles was very honest. She said, you know, I wish we could have gotten more out of those games. However, I think that's going to prepare mm-hmm. the, the Mariners for, uh, for farther down the road. And you know what? The only teams in front of them, again, Norrell, Cohasset. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's a, kind of a compliment in a way. It's like sure. we're the next best team in this division under these two powerhouse uh, squads. Uh, Falmouth Academy, obviously led by Jane Early, Cape's leading scorer. Ainsley Ramsey. Yep, as well. She's been really good. I, don't, I hate to call her psychic. She's a really good player. I mean, any yeah. team would love to have no, for <laughs> her sure. on her I mean, team. She scored 100 goals. Right. right? But, mean, but unfortunately, you're, when you have someone that talented as Jane, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of become that, you know. It's like being surrounded by LeBron James. You've got that secondary player. Even though yeah. you're really good, you're kind of overshadowed in a way. But, but if you look at the final stats from right. a lot of Mariners games this season, it's – you know, early has had games where she scores 12 goals, right. but there are a lot, probably the majority of their games where the division is pretty even, where it'll right. be like six goals for Ainsley, right. Six, right. five goals for Jane, or vice versa. They assist mm-hmm. on each other's scores all the time. So, yeah, Jane Early, who is now like the number three scorer in U.S. history, mm-hmm. according to the National Federation of High Schools, uh, you know, okay, yeah, she's got this unique legacy. But if you watch them play, it's not like she's taking 90% of the shots. Right. You know, that is a well 
balanced, distributed offense. So it's an all-local matchup. Falmouth Academy gets number 14, Mashpee. That's a game at 3, 3.30 p.m. Tuesday. Mashpee obviously led by Tara Palermo heading to Framingham State last year. Initially, he was going to go to St. Leo Division too, but she's obviously been a great scorer. Mm-hmm. Falmouth put up 20 goals against both of them. I mean, Mashpee, like we've mentioned before, very young defense. Yeah. I think it's a program on the rise. I mean, again, losing Palermo is going to be tough. Losing Charlotte Hendricks is going to be tough, but – they're building something at Mashby, and I think this program has the potential to go sure. forward. So even though this could be the end of the road, I think the future looks up for that team. Palermo, 300 career goals, correct? Or 300-plus at this point? I believe so. Oh, yeah, over 300 now. Yeah. <laughs> so you're looking at the best scorer in Falmouth Academy history in early versus the best scorer in right. Mashby history in Palermo, and which is pretty cool. Right, and, and the thing with Falmouth Academy, and you mentioned the even in goal score. I mean, a lot of these Falmouth Academy games, they have to kind of take some players off, yeah. and they're playing um, – some of the bottom feeders in the Cape and Islands League. So I think it's a real exciting time because Final Academy, I mean, there's no polling starters now. This mm-hmm. is the postseason. You, you play the full the full 50 minutes, and, and you go from there. Yeah. I, I believe Coach Null said it the, uh, following the second loss to Old Rochester that the, the depth, the lack of numbers mm-hmm. with Falmouth Academy course, yep. hurt them. And that is going to be maybe the biggest question with them mm-hmm. going to the playoffs as well because right. – you know, there's only two divisions in girls across, which means there's a fairly wide disparity in the enrollment sizes of some of the schools. Mm-hmm. And FA is a very, very small school, and we'll see if that hurts them come the playoffs where they may be facing teams with deeper right. benches. Right. So let's keep rolling through here sure. um, some of these other teams. So number five, Sandwich, they're going to host Cardinal Spellman, the number 12 seed at 4 p.m. Wednesday. Sam Garassi, ACL lead with 86 goals this yeah. season for the Blue Knights. Um, really going to go as far as she could carry them, mm-hmm. I think. Um, number seven, Vineyard. I actually got a chance to watch the Vineyard uh, play last week mm-hmm. against Dennis Yarmouth. And, man, Addie Heyman, a very impressive player. She's tall, first of all, which yeah. is an advantage in lacrosse. And she and she's able to get really close to the net uncontested. Now, I get it. D.Y. was a one-win team this year. But you, you still got to play who you play in. She was clearly the best player on the field. Scored her 100th goal of the season. Mm-hmm. I initially tweeted out that it was the 100th goal of her career, but turns out the 100th goal of the season. And just to talk real quick, I mean, look at this junior class. I mean, you mentioned, you know, oh, we talk about early all the time, some mm-hmm. of these seniors, but you talk about Quinn O'Rourke from Falmouth, junior. Um, you, you got Heyman, who's a junior. You got Sam Garassi, who's a junior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a pretty incredible class. And I can't wait till next year to see when all these girls and seniors sure. get that much better. So the Vineyard's going to host uh, number 10, Old Colony. That game is still to be determined in terms of a time and date. Um, our guess is that it's going to be either Tuesday or Wednesday. That's when most of these tournament games start. Uh, maybe we'll find out later uh, today. Uh, number 8, Monmoy's going to host number 9, Nantucket, 4.30 p.m. Tuesday. Uh, this is Monmoy's first postseason game, so that's, a, that's an exciting moment yeah, good for the for Sharks them. there. That program is only two years old, right? right? For varsity play, yep, yeah. absolutely. And um, I think they co-opt for a while with with tech, but right, but on their own, yeah. And we put it in context. I mean, obviously, Monomoy is a fairly new school district, yes, with Harwich and Chatham combining, so it, it, it's kind of a technicality that is their first, but at but the same time, lacrosse is a growing sport, so yeah. right, exactly. You got to start somewhere, so that'll be an interesting matchup. And then we mentioned SJP on Sunday, and that'll finish out. Um, the winner of Monomoy and Nantucket is actually going to go on to play Norwell, so <laughs> tough draw on that one. But so. you know, you get to the quarterfinals, you, you got to you know survive in advance yep. and, and go from there. So we'll switch over to Boys Lax now. So Fallon Sandwich and Nosset all part of a much bigger Division Two boys bracket this year. You know, last year it was only six teams allowed Fallon to get to the semifinals, just one win. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's sixteen teams, so it's more of a normal so size you got a bracket, challenge. <laughs> right? 
But Falmouth grabs the number one spot. Sandwich with six losses actually grabbed the number three spot. Okay. And, and so. Noss at number eight um, as a 9-9 nine nine team. I mean, you put it in context with the Division Two. A lot of these Division Two programs go off and play Division One competition. Yeah. You know, Falmouth and Sandwich, Noss, all of them play Marshfield, which is a mm-hmm. Division One team. And, I mean, really, you go down the list of some of these you know, records, you know, Falmouth's the number one at 15-4, and four, but then Situate and Sandwich, two and three, are both 12-6. and six. Right. So it kind of just shows you that a lot of these teams play a very tough regular season. And mm-hmm. it's really exciting because really all these teams in this bracket are very talented. And, you know, Falmouth being in the number one spot, they're going to open up tomorrow, 5 p.m. against Aponiquit. And then Nosset, they play at 6. That's right after the girls' lacrosse game. They're going to host uh, Bishop Fian. You know, Falmouth and Nosset advance, they're playing each other in the quarterfinals. But I think the real interesting team here is Sandwich. You know, again, we mentioned their six-loss team, but I think they have one of the best roads to get to the semifinal. They should be Southeastern, the number 14 team, mm-hmm. and I think they match up really well against number 6 Canton and number 11 Pembroke. Um, I mean, two wins they should get right there, uh, get into the semifinals. And then it's Situate, which has the same record. I mean, in theory, we could see a final sandwich final, which would be outstanding, not only because it would be two local teams, but because these teams squared off in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. with Sandwich squeaking out the upset victory. Yeah. So, I mean, this really is a wide-open bracket, but you can't count anybody out, like I just said, because you got a team like Hanover's 4-12 and 12 that gets in, but obviously they the Sullivan Roller yeah. from <laughs> the division got in, so... It'll be really interesting to see what happened. But Falmouth definitely deserving of the number one. I mean, they played and beat teams mm-hmm. like King Phillip, you know, playing teams like Winchester down the stretch and stuff like that. That's going to be really key. And, and Colin Almeida, Penn State commit, has been really strong. Um, we got, I mean, you just look at the whole Falmouth roster stacked. I mean, senior captain Chris Parkinson, defender and senior captain Jack Carson, senior Tyler Robinson-Wall, and junior Duke Melton, just to name a few. Um Really just a strong group right there, and, and that's going to be a hard team to beat. Uh, but, I mean, for Sandwich, too, just to mention one more point, um, Tim Ladner, I mean, when you win 80% of your draws, you're going to match up well against yeah. any team. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see what goes there. And then Nasa, good story. Chris Gildahouse, first-year coach, mm-hmm. getting Nasa back into the postseason. So um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how these Division two teams stack up, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, got a note here. Um, yeah, so uh, – Unfortunately, sad news to announce. Uh, Scott uh, Newcomb, a former Nosset player, he passed away today. Um, he was one of Nosset's best uh, when he was playing. He's not a current student. Uh, we'll see if we can find more information on him. We're just finding out about this right now. But our condolences, obviously, to Scott's family and, and loved ones. Um, and we'll get we'll follow up on that one when we can. Um, do you want to turn over to? Well, we got we got to get the Division Three boys as well. All right, yeah, let's get the Division quickly, Three boys yeah, in. Perk the story up, or yep. perk up our coverage a little bit here. Um, cool to see not our Nantucket rather get the number two seed in the vice. Their best seed they've they've had. You know, they've been hovering around the third to fourth seed in the past, mm-hmm. and the eighth seed. You know, a few years before that, um, they get a first round bye, which is any coach will tell you you take it. The only disadvantage is that Nantucket didn't play last week, so they've had quite a bit of time off. And when you when you're on the island, it's tough to schedule a scrimmage. <laughs> Unless you're heading somewhere. Pretty much. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a very solid team. I mean, the only two losses from Nantucket this year came to Nosset and I believe, let me find my bearing, North Reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, two higher division programs. Yep. More kids. And- right. Um, the, the, the hard part is is that it looks like Hull's going to be waiting in the wings there. The number three seed also got 
a, a first-round bye. And if both those teams advance through the quarterfinal, they'll meet in the semifinals. And mm-hmm. Holm Pass has done some damage to a lot of Cape teams. I mean, absolutely put up beaten, I believe, Bourne a couple of years ago. Yeah. And uh, that's obviously a very solid program. So, you know, we'll see when Nantucket goes. Uh, a few other teams born, speaking of which, uh, they're going to host Monomoy, also Monomoy Boys' first mm-hmm. home playoff game, or excuse me, first uh, postseason game in program history, uh, young program there. Those teams are going to play at uh, 5 p.m. Tuesday, and the winner of that gets the winner of Bishop Stang versus Upper Cape. That game's at uh, Bishop Stang. That's also at 4 p.m. Tuesday. And it'd be interesting, you know, born advances and Upper Cape can somehow pull off the upset. You'd have mm-hmm. that crosstown rivalry for the third time in a playoff game, so... Uh, Bourne's obviously dominated there, but um, and again on that side of the bracket, <laughs> it looks like Cohasset's looming on the other side. Cohasset, they're twelve and six, but again, you put that in context with some of the squads that they play, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it's a difficult road, but you know I think Bourne has the talent to make a run, and and who knows if you get to a semifinal with Cohasset, you maybe pack it in, you maybe just try to keep. Uh, a low-scoring game, and I think that could even favor Bourne. I mean, if Hess and, and Mulkern have good games, right. Bourne is a very, very tough team to beat. Right. Now, Stang's a solid program. I mean, they beat – I believe they beat Nosset a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was that game that had to be continued. Yep. Um, but, I mean, I mean, you look at Upper Cape, they're used to playing a lot of low-scoring games this year. Some of those games are grinded out five to four games. Mm-hmm. You know, Garrett Glitzy's a great scorer, 100 goals, 100 assists. But, you know – it's one of those things where, hey, maybe we get a sloppy day like today and, and the scoring's at a premium. So we'll we'll see what happens in that one. And, and as many teams that can advance, that'd be great. Um, so that just about wraps up for lacrosse. Again, stay tuned. Um, we'll be on Twitter uh, retweeting and, and tweeting out any other updates we have on tournament games. Obviously, the MIA site is good for that too. But usually somebody on Twitter from either the school or the, you know, the athletic director's department is going to be able to convey the message a lot faster sure. and um, just stay tuned for any of these games that get canceled or postponed. Definitely. All right. So uh, let's turn over to tennis. So seedings came out for on Friday, as we said, for boys and girls on the boys side, we had nine teams get into the playoffs. Uh, the only top seed on the boys side was Falmouth. They were seated first in division two South. They went 16 and 0 this season is their first undefeated regular season since 2007, which if you were here back then, you know this. That was a year that they you might know they went on to win a state championship. Uh, you know that so there's already kind of natural comparisons being drawn to that team. You know the strength of Falmouth this year is really their senior class. Specifically, they have four starting seniors who have all started every match of their career. Like since they were freshmen, they were varsity starters. So that's. Uh, Brian Esty at one singles, Ben Helfrich at three singles, and then the one doubles pair of Luke Knox and Wes Garland. Um, a lot, I think Falmouth's success in the playoffs could very much come down to how those groups play. You know, I think Luke uh, Knox and Wes Garland are a lockdown one doubles team. I think they will consistently be able to get that point. With Esty, you know, when you go against the other one singles player, you are going against literally the best player on the mm-hmm. other team. And a lot of times you will have matches with lots of teams where the one singles guy loses because it's the toughest match of the team, you know, of the day. Mm-hmm. But then they maybe grab the other four points. You know, Falmouth, they've only lost six individual matches all season. And Bridgewater Raynham is the only team that's been able to take even two points off them. You know, mm-hmm. that was the only 3-2 uh, game that Falmouth had. Everything else was 5-0 or 4-1. Uh, 
This is a very consistently strong team. This is a deep team. I think they definitely have a chance to to go pretty far in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and we we talked about this last week too. Uh, the doubles is going to be really key, and mm-hmm. and I think Falmouth has a real edge there because, like you mentioned, a lot of these teams, at least they play early on, going to have maybe a strong one singles, maybe somebody else in singles. But if you can sweep the doubles and put the pressure on. Mm-hmm. I think Falmouth's going to fare really well, and they've been able to do that all season. Yeah, albeit Estes has been an outstanding player. That's yeah, not to take, not that's not to take anything away from all. him, but you know, it's is there's no not a lot of sure things at this point. And any any postseason team is going to have a really good ones player. You know, a, a lot of times, though, I think really competitive tennis matches can come down to like three singles, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to get to the Vineyard Girls in a few minutes. But they're a really good example where their two wins against Sharon this year were basically because of victories at three singles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into all the details of that in a few minutes. So that Falmouth is the top team on the boys' side. On the girls' side, there are two, we have two number one seeds in three divisions, so that's pretty cool, and we have two more undefeated teams. So we have lots of really good girls' teams going to the playoffs. Division two, Division two girls' south is a really interesting bracket to watch because your top two seeds are Nosset at 18-0 and and then Martha's Vineyard at 15-0. and Nosset went to the south finals last year. Martha's Vineyard, they won the last three Division three state titles, and then Coach Nina Bramhall and her team just decided, you know what, let's move up a division. They mm-hmm. did not have to. The Vineyard boys, who are a high seed on their side, are still in D3. The Vineyard girls just opted to test themselves by trying to go through the D2 bracket instead. Um, And I think, given how strong both these programs are, I think they're maybe on a bit of a collision course for uh, a meeting in the South Finals. That'd be outstanding. (laughs) I I don't see anybody else in D2 South challenging them. I think they're going to face each other. And then it'll be really interesting to see what happens. You know, Nosset. They gave up a total of eight individual matches all year that every victory of theirs was 4-1 and 5-0. Vineyard, seven individual matches lost, including two 3-2 wins over Sharon. So basically they gave up four points there and then three points through their other Mm -hmm. 13 games. Um, You know, I think if you look at these two teams, I give Vineyard the edge definitely at one doubles where Lizzie Williamson is undefeated as a varsity Mm -hmm. player. I think Cat Roberts has only lost once. Both of them played singles and doubles throughout their career. Um, Hannah Rabaska has played really well at three singles. She was kind of the clinching point against Sharon twice this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Sharon, by the way, seated third in Division One South. Their only losses this year were to Martha's Vineyard. They would have mm-hmm. been probably a first or second seed had it not been for those. Mm-hmm. Um, on Nosset's side, I really like Gabby Didoli at one singles, and the doubles team of Aquino Rank and Reagan Meehan, really, really strong. So the key matchup, if the Vineyard winds up playing Nosset in the finals, and again, that's a week and a half away. They got nobody, you know, they can't have mental letdowns between now and then. Um, but I would be really interested to see how Victoria Scott for the Vineyard matches up with Kelly Carlin for Nosset. I think that might be where this particular match gets decided. Um, Turning to D three, uh, D one. By the way, in both Barnstable is the only entry. They are very they're seated very low in both brackets. They have to, they have they had preliminary round matches. Excuse me, scheduled for today. Those were postponed. So you know if the Red Raiders are going to go far, they're going to have to do it all on the road, uh, which they're capable of. But you know this was two teams that got into the playoffs very late, so they definitely have a challenging bracket ahead of them. Um, the Sturgis West girls are seated first in Division Three. They went 14-2 and two this season. 
I think that is a really cool story. They had never made the playoffs before this year. The mm-hmm. you know they you know were a five win team or worse every year, but this year now they're the top seed. They're the Cape and Islands League champions. They and it's all freshmen. I mean, I think it's five starting freshmen out of out of the seven, you know, between the three singles and the two doubles teams. Uh, so it'll be real interesting with them to see how those underclassmen handle the increasingly tough competition of playing mostly what are now going to be off Cape teams. You know, and how they handle that pressure, you never know because they are mm-hmm. very young. Maybe they don't really realize the stakes, or maybe it gets to them. And, you know, that'll be the, a real mental challenge, I think, for the Navigators over yeah, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Wes is an interesting story because, I mean, you talk about how these programs used to be combined, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of these kids who play together came up as a combined squad. But yep. you also have some kids who are kind of grandfathered in, mm-hmm. and, or when now that there's two teams, they're allowed to kind of keep some of the, the programs there. So Wes kind of has a bit of that institutional built-in advantage. Definitely. And when you look at the boys, I mean, up until last week, they were, they were also undefeated, and unfortunately, they lost to Keep God Academy and St. John Paul. Yeah, kind of break that skid. But uh, the boys also having a just equally a spectacular season, and uh, definitely, uh, it's going to be a program to, to watch in the next few years. Yeah, the Sturgis West boys are definitely a high seed uh, in their bracket as well. Of the four like top teams in the Cape. I don't think this is a particularly gutsy call, but I, I think the Vineyard has the best chance of winning the South and moving on to the state tournament. I, Not disrespecting the seasons Falmouth or Nauset or Sturgis West have had, I just think the Vineyarders are tested. They know what the playoffs are like. Their wins against Sharon prove that they can rise to the challenge of tough competition. Mm-hmm. I think they have a guaranteed point in every match at one doubles in uh, Williamson and Roberts who just won the South sectional individual title, by the way, like two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think Nasser will give them a battle. I think it might be 3-2, but I think the Vineyard is probably going right. to the state tournament, state semis for the fourth consecutive year. Yep, I pretty much concur with that hard to pick against <laughs> defending state champions. Let's get to baseball softball real sure. quickly. Again, we don't have brackets yet. Those are going to be coming out Tuesday. Yep. They'll be trickling out kind of early in the afternoon. Again, Check us on Twitter, Sports CCT, and either um, Matt or, or excuse me, Steve or Matt on Twitter. One to of be us, checking out. Yeah, we'll, we'll be out there getting those results. In, yeah, so. we'll have seating stories up on CapeCodTimes.com slash sports Tuesday night. We'll have, and then in the print section of the Cape Cod Times Wednesday morning, there'll be full seating breakdowns. Right. You know, we'll talk to the coaches. We'll do all of that. So, um, you know, in baseball, I think we're expected to have 10 teams in the tournament. And in softball, we're expected to have six. The top baseball teams this year were St. John Paul, two at 17 and two, and Mashpee at 17 and three. These two teams, they met each other in the South Finals in 2015 and 2016. Both times the Lions kind of routed the Falcons, and I'm sure Mashpee would like some revenge. Uh, last year, Mashpee went to the South semifinals and probably feels like they should have gone to the finals. And then the Lions were upset in the first round in what really was a, a, a shocking defeat. Um, the thing with the baseball playoffs is you need to have two good pitchers. You know, mm-hmm. you you need you can't start one guy every game. You can get away with starting probably if you play five games, you can probably have an ace start four of them. But you need at least one game. You're going to have to have a second pitcher that you can really rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know with St. John Paul, Devin Harrison is their ace. He is really good. He will give them a, a quality start every time probably, but. 
I don't know who that second starter is really going to be. It might be Aaron Cole. It might be Colby August. It might be kind of the two of them tag teaming mm-hmm. it. And one goes three innings. The other goes four. Um, but I think if they can get through the first couple of rounds, probably you'll see Devin starting every game from then on. Cause right. once you get to the South finals, there's enough of a break between that, the state semis and the state finals to pitch one kid. Right. Well, the thing is too, I mean, if SGP can get out to a lead and whoever they play in the first round, mm-hmm. you try to get your starter out early, save, not just the inning, but save yep. the arm too. Make sure it's fresh, good to go. But you know, you mentioned having multiple pitchers. I think that's why Mashby. I think actually is going to have yeah. the best look. I mean, you look; they kind of struggled in the beginning, but man, ever since losing, I think the Sturgis West early in the year, I don't think there's been a better team around here when it comes to baseball, I and mean, it's really surging mm-hmm. uh, so far this year. When you look at guys like Freddie Hanna, Zach yeah. Landry, Zach Landry, I believe. You see, he's the one who's going to UMass Amherst. Am I mixing him up with somebody? Uh, nobody's going to UMass Amherst. Not Amherst. Uh, UMass Lowell, I believe. That's Atlanta. you may be thinking of Ryan Proto from uh, Barnstable. Oh, that might. Mashpee's got Zach else. Landry and Michael Frazier, who are both going to be playing Frazier. baseball at the next level. Right. Um, you know, and both of them can pitch. Frazier, I think, is kind of the team's ace. You know, that is a team that has the pitching depth to get through the playoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Landry, they've used, you know, Frazier is coming off of a two-hitter in the season finale against Carver, right. which gave Mashby the overall South Shore League title. You know, Hannah, I've seen him pitch. He was a little bit inconsistent early on, but I think he's really settled into his position mm-hmm. as a starting pitcher as the season's gone on. He's a little bit you know, greener when it comes to experience than a guy like Frazier or Landry. But a good guy to use in an inning or two relief when you need it. Absolutely, and Landry is can do that too. He can start and come on in relief and pitch very mm-hmm. well. Another team I I really think has a good one-two punch for pitching is Sandwich. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like that combo of Nick Hayer and then Dylan Ryan. Um, I'd like Sandwich a little bit more if they'd won the Cape Cod Showdown, mm-hmm. um, but the Atlantic Coast League was just very, very balanced this year in baseball. Most of those teams did go on to the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think Sandwich is a team to watch in uh, D3. They're down, a, you know, they dropped from D2 to D3 this year, which might mm-hmm. help them a little bit in the playoffs. So, yeah, Don't sleep on any of those ACL teams. I mean, Nossett, Falmouth, D.Y., yeah. and Sandwich all have the talent definitely to make Absolutely. a run. And, and then when it comes to baseball, you got to get a little lucky sometimes, whether yeah. it's just a pitcher who's having a bad night or you just – everyone's seeing the ball really well at the plate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On softball – Six teams, six teams made it. We're both would be in agreement that Monomoy has the best chance of going deep. I would, they're 20 and two. I would be very shocked if they are not the number one seed in their division. You know, they teams are scoring an average of 1.4 runs a game against them in the regular season while they're scoring almost 10 runs per mm-hmm. game. You know, a lot of that is Molly Charest, who we've talked about extensively yeah, <laughs> a lot. Uh, you know, but in terms of the offense, it's Charest, but it's also Emma Thatcher. Julia Slade has had big games. Rachel Cardillo has had big games. Mackenzie Cardillo, Courtney Kelly. If you go through their lineup, probably every one of their hitters has had at least one really big game for the Sharks. This is a deep, strong Monomoy team that I think is going to be a tough team to beat, certainly through the first couple of rounds, and then we'll see how they match up once they if they can get to like the semis or the South Finals. But I think they are I they are looking at a number one seed and probably maybe the easiest draw in the tournament. Right. I mean, and don't sleep on. I know you mentioned Falmouth. Too. Absolutely. Don't, don't sleep on Falmouth. These, you know, Molly Bruce having a great season, and um, 
And, you know, look at the offense. I mean, Matty Lehman has been unbelievable, hitting 450, 20 RBIs. Maeve Cutter hitting mm-hmm. 433, 11 RBI. You know, this, this is a team that can hit, and I believe they have another you know, pitcher they can throw in there too. Yeah, yeah Caroline Larson, she went 5-1 and one with a 348 ERA. You know, softball, you can run one pitcher most games, so, you know, you don't necessarily need that two-pitcher rotation like you do in baseball, but – if they do need to give Molly a break, and I would expect Molly will start the first round game whenever that is. Caroline is a very good second option. Falmouth went fourteen and seven. They, you know, closed out. They had to win a couple of games late to make the playoffs, and they did. Um, then they won the Cape Cod Showdown, which you know, Dy and Sandwich had kind of owned that thing. So mm-hmm. for Falmouth to come in and take it. Uh, says a lot about the Clippers. So yeah, mm-hmm. they are they were the second best team by win win record uh, this season on the Cape, and I think they definitely have a a good you know cut deep round a deep run in them if they can play consistently. You know? Right, and what's interesting too, Dy I covered this game last week. They got in on the last day mm-hmm. <laughs> that they yeah. could, beating Sturgis East, also a playoff team, and I mean they just beat them and they smoked them. I mean it was twenty. 20- you know, 21 runs up on uh, against Sturgis East, a real breakout performance. And, you know, and, and I think that reinvigorated some confidence in the Dolphins that, hey, yeah, we know we're going to have a tough first-round matchup mm-hmm. wherever we end up going. But that team shows that they had a lot of talent. I mean, Matty Medeiros put a ball out of Lopes Field. I mean, you've been out there. I put it to the base of the fence. I mean, well, I thought it was gone <laughs> off the bat because the, the bat before, she hit one into the trees that yeah. was foul. And the next pitch, bang, right to the base of the wall. So she's obviously having a nice season at the plate. Abby Hicks, I think, is kind of settled on as, as number one pitcher for D.Y. Oh, yeah. You know, she, she pitches well. It's just her – she always seems to have one, maybe two innings where things don't go the right way. Mm-hmm. And and I think if the Dolphins can avoid that in, in the postseason, they could give whoever they're matched up with a, a run for their money. So Agreed. that's definitely a, not a, a team you want to play if you're opening if, – if you're a good team expecting to make a solid run, that's not a team you want to open with because the Dolphins can do a lot of damage to – surprise a lot of people so and they have a number of players who are used to the playoff atmosphere oh and, yeah absolutely and, and that always has an effect right so let's get to a couple um other things real quick as we wrap up girls golf uh the self sexual individual and team championships are scheduled for tomorrow again weather pending yeah really you know 8 30 p.m start at uh rider farm golf course yep what did i say p.m <laughs> i'm used to saying p.m with all you're gonna be playing under the lights yeah sure why not night <laughs> golf like that long drive competition Yes, 8.30 a.m. shotgun start at uh, Ryder Farm Golf Course in East Bridgewater. So there's an individual and a team competition, yep. but the players' scores still count if you're in the individual competition yes. or the team score. So last year, I mean, you had Emily Rodericks from Sturgis and uh, Christina Timmy from then St. John Paul shoot 77 to finish second. So mm-hmm. this tournament can always be surprising. I mean, again, it's whoever kind of navigates the course the best, and they all kind of start on different parts of the course. Mm-hmm. So that could be advantages one way or the other. I mean, I haven't broken down the course, but, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. some some holes are easier than others. And, and if you get off to a good start you on some of the easier holes, you might get in a better spot than if you start off rough. Definitely. And then have to, you know, bounce back. So Barnstable, Monomoy, and Nosset are the three teams competing. Dennis Yarmouth and Falmouth will have one individual each who qualified. Nosset, I think, is a cool story just because – DY's in there too, just real quickly, yes. As a team? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I think they were in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nasa, I think, is an interesting story because when they – it's a strong – it's a senior-heavy team, but a lot of those seniors, when they started, didn't know how to swing a golf club. Like, they mm-hmm. did not – I was talking with some of their coaches, and they did not know how to 
go to the driving range and make contact with the ball to make it go forward. Mm -hmm. So they have had a very steep learning curve to turn themselves into an 11 and three team. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they are, so we'll see how they can do in the playoffs, but I think that is a, you know, Barnstable has been a very consistent playoff presence. Monomoy has mm-hmm. been very strong of late. Not that I think is much more than newcomer to this level of competition. So we'll see how they uh, handle it. Yeah. And, and Megan Wigan, you know, Barnstable obviously uh, had a great season, mm-hmm. but you mentioned that those two teams went head to head and they actually split during the regular season, Barnstable and Nasset, that is. Be very interesting to see how uh, those two top competitors, Megan Wigan from Barnstable and Tori, I believe it's Sky, right? She. she they said she. My bad. That's why I ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> it'd be really interesting to see how they can place. Um, Maddie Leonard, who was also in the um, in the tournament last year, yep. leading Monomoy, I think could um, score high as well. So, you know, we'll see who, who rises to the top here. And it really could, be, like I said, it really could be anybody on any given day. So, um, best of luck to the to the young women who are competing there. And then Stay also, dry. Yes. <laughs> well, who knows? I think it's supposed to clear up a little bit tomorrow. Um, and then, you know, track over the weekend. I uh, can't forget about that. You know, after winning the Division Free title the week before, Tiana Basie goes on not just wins the discus, but she breaks her own school record, too, throwing 134 feet in one inch. <laughs> Pretty much beat everybody, I believe, by six feet again. Not even close. To, and the thing with Basie that was interesting from the story, I mean, each throw – got farther and farther it wasn't just their first throw she hit it and then didn't have to worry about the other five no she kept adding to that mark which is really incredible effort and um you know the junior she also finished second in the shot put 40 foot four inches which was her outdoor personal best Mm -hmm. excuse me and and again that was in the final round that she hit that 40 foot throw so she just gets better and better she keeps going uh, Mashby Cam Kurgo also kept moving on. He's going to go to New England's after finishing six uh, six foot eight in a high jump mm-hmm. to take third. Uh, New England's going to be next Saturday at the University of New Hampshire, and also Mackenzie Condon in the four hundred hurdles from the Vineyard. From the Vineyard, thank you. Um, finished in a minute and three point seven one seconds. Also advancing to New England. So, couple cool to see a couple athletes there Absolutely. make it to uh, New England's. I know um, the trio of throws from DY, I believe, went last year. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Daisy has experience being there and um, be interesting to see how she matches up against the rest of uh, New England. Definitely. Cool. So, it was a longer show than we expected, but... Uh, <laughs> we got a lot to break down. A lot so. to break down and even more to break down once we get the baseball and softball seedings. Uh, one more time in case you missed it. Uh, those will be coming out Tuesday afternoon. Um, follow us on Twitter you know, at SportsCCT. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'll be trying to get out those brackets at Steve underscore Derdarian. That's D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. And you can find me at, at Matt Goisman CCT. That's M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. And I think that'll do it for this week's episode of Cave Sports Now. Come back with us next week. We got a couple more weeks of the regular of the of the high school season, and we'll be here for all of it. We'll see who's left. Stay dry. Have fun. We'll see you soon.